This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. I'm Cable Brown. A new cyber attack affecting several hundred businesses raises the question, didn't this just happen? And then a few months before that? So what are private and public actors doing about it? Cato's Brandon Valeriano says not enough. He argues that strengthening systems is vastly more effective than state-level retaliation. We spoke yesterday. Well, it's just more of the same. Um, we've seen a proliferation of ransomware, particularly since the pandemic, for two reasons. One, because more people are at home, more people are dependent on digital connectivity. But two, there's really no global law enforcement kind of mechanism to enforce these, um, uh, to enforce consequences on criminal actors. So Russia, of course, doesn't exactly care what happens. And for them, it's a good thing that uh, the United States is distracted and um, dismayed at ongoing criminal activity coming from Russia um, and the post-Soviet Union. So this is where we are right now. And the latest attack was Kisea, another virtual monitoring software platform, in, in many ways similar to SolarWinds. That's another supply-side attack. And it had potentially affected 800 to 1,500 medium-sized corporations or companies. Um, because of the scale, they're saying it's the biggest ransomware attack ever, but it's certainly not the most consequential. And uh, there's a lot of news and a lot of evidence coming out that Kisea, the software platform itself, was unprotected and uh, not exactly at peak form, as you might put it. Um, so... It's just a continuation of the same, but the issue for us is really how do we stop this, particularly if there are groups operating out of Russia? Given that there is no global effort or global organization that is dedicated to uh, stopping this kind of thing, I, should we be surprised that this doesn't happen more often? I'm surprised, honestly, that we don't see more critical infrastructure attacks and that we haven't seen more impactful attacks on healthcare systems that even if these criminal actors are a bit reckless, they do seem to have some sort of, I wouldn't say morals, but limits, um, and that's good. But the question for us is what are we trying to stop? And it's not exactly clear right now from our cyber strategy what we're trying to prevent. And it seems like we're trying to prevent everything, which seems like a good idea on, its, on the surface, but it's wholly impossible. So we're kind of out of sorts right now, particularly as the Biden administration still gets set up. Uh, the CISA director, the Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency out of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, the Senate hasn't approved their, um, I forget the name, it was Jen Easterly. They still haven't approved their boss. And that was held up because um, Tom Cotton wanted uh, Camilla Harris to visit the border. So we're getting a lot of distractions right now, and uh, we need to focus on cybersecurity at the national level, and that's just not happening. So who started all this? My suspicion is it was the United States. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're blameless, um, uh, and particularly it's interesting right now because there's news leaking that um, the IT entire Iranian uh, transportation network is down. Um, and I don't think it's something we would do. It's probably something the Israelis would do, but certainly Western actors have been belligerent and sought effects against its adversaries. But I don't think it's exactly our fault. Um, it is the fault, though, of the U.S. that we are unprotected. And I was watching the Kaseya CEO, Fred Vakola, 
basically repeating and parroting the line, well, if you haven't been attacked yet, you will. Which, fair enough, but the reality is that you need to be prepared for an attack, and it doesn't seem like Kaseo was prepared. We still don't know much about solar winds at this point. I mean, that, that was months ago, and it sort of faded into the background, and I guess people stopped reporting on it. That's the interesting thing about cybersecurity is that if you wait long enough, there will be another incident. There will be another attack. And there was a lot of mobilization in the U.S. government, particularly the National Security um, Agency, to tackle solar winds, and there was a ransomware task force. But then there was another incident, and then there was, you know, we had the beat placking plant incident, JBS, we had the oil pipeline, the colonial incident, and now we have Kaseya. And it's interesting what will be next and what will divide and distract our attention. And there are certain things we need to do. We need to encourage defenses. Uh, we need to start to tackle um, cryptocurrency. And I don't mean we need to regulate cryptocurrency, but uh, there needs to be a precedent that companies cannot pay ransomware because it's basically like paying terrorists to not attack you, or it's basically like paying corruption money. You say that these events d distract us because we have one, it, it seems now, every couple of months. Uh, and yet, I think it would be perfectly reasonable for those these new attacks, these new um, ransomware events to actually focus attention on uh, the things that, that you like to talk about. That is preparing a defense to, to uh, harden your systems against these kinds of attacks. You would think, but the natural reaction, quite honestly, in the United States is how do we go on the offense? How do we punish? And there's a lot of conversation in you know, the marketplace of ideas, quote unquote, that we should leverage the Department of Defense to tackle these issues, which, of course, is a bit ridiculous because we're talking about criminal groups, not international conflict. So that's really the challenge, that the conversation is often distracted and distorted. People talk about banning cryptocurrency or uh, allowing cyber pirates or retribution. It, it, it gets out of control sometimes. This feels like it ought to be an almost purely uh, private sector problem. At least a lot of these attacks that deal with uh, privately owned infrastructure, uh, governments have contracts with these companies that provide them with security services. Uh, and to the extent that governments are... Uh, their systems are affected at least the, the the with the solar winds hack that was through a contractor so it, it seems like this ought to be um maybe customers ought to be more choosy with respect to their uh what they purchase uh for to to provide for security am i am i off base here no no not at all and i think we're too trusting and um i think we accept failure too much in this area um, but the U.S. government has been proactive, and uh, there was executive order about supply side and contractors who support the Department of Defense. But of course, the weak side is these groups that target, they specifically target agencies and corporations not necessarily impacting national security, which is how they stay off the radar in some ways. And um, because of the targets they choose, because they seem so... Uh, you know, so simple, so innocuous, um, that there isn't much motivation 
to tackle these issues at a grand scale. But at the others, at the same time, uh, Biden recently met with Putin. He threatened Putin about critical infrastructure, and he threatened Putin the other day about allowing criminal actors to operate from Russia and said that we will take any necessary action. As to what any necessary action means, we're not sure yet. But there is that threat out there and there is that contact. What are the next steps here? And what well, you know, what are the, the what's private industry thinking right now in terms of trying to harden its own systems? Well, there needs to be a serious conversation about cyber insurance. Um, are these companies really being protected? Are they actually buying the best coverage? And are they being enabled to protect their customers? And that's an interesting question right now because this industry is entirely uh, the Wild West right now. And that's going to be a problem for the long time into the long term into the future. The deeper thing is uh, the United Nations and international institutions. Um, there is the criminal Budapest Convention, but the Russians and the Chinese don't like the cyber criminal convention basically because they suggest it violates their views of sovereignty. So we do need to come to the table with the Russians and the Chinese at some point about international norms for criminal actors in the space, because there is just too much disruption going on. And it's not the sky is falling as some people will suggest, but it is a security problem and it's something we need to deal with at some point. Brandon Valeriano is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.